Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day and, as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a big success. Ladies, I pray that you all had a fantastic weekend and that you are now ready this week to do some productive things, right? You're ready to claim your abundance, claim your success and be the CEO that your business needs to have, right? Now, all of this month, our theme has been habit power, the true keys to your success. And of course, we have talked about various ways to be building your habits and why habits are so very, very important. And we have also been featuring the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Thank you all so much for so many emails and texts and messages um, of individuals who are saying that it is exactly what they needed to really get that aha moment and that push. And of course, we're going to be continuing on with discussing habits as we talk about a technique the author shares as habit stacking. So you're going to learn today how you can use current habits to build new ones. Now, ladies, don't forget, your mindset is everything when it comes to your success. And if you want to see lasting changes that will give you powerful results in your business, then you have to. You have to examine your beliefs and habits that influence your goals and desires for success. It's just no other way um, to do it. You can't go around it because who we are, our personality, what we think, everything is based on our beliefs and our habits. So we can't get around it. So if we want to make those positive changes in our lives, then we have to go ahead and we have to take a look at habits, right? And, you know, so often we want certain things in life, but we really don't take the time to get back to the root of everything, look beneath the surface and really figure out where does it all begin? What What is it that needs to happen in order for me to have what I want in life and business. And so that's what we've been doing all of this month. So again, I want to welcome you. Um, As always, I want to remind you to bless the life of another uh, woman, of someone who is your business associate or a friend, a family member who is in business or thinking about business. Bless them and flash over on another line and let them know that Successful Woman Radio is live on the air. And I really want you to join me today as we discuss habits. Of course, Um, If you have a pen in hand, here's the phone number right quick where they can dial in, 347-637-2589. Again, 347-637-2589. It's so wonderful to bless and share uh, with others information. There's nothing like becoming the go-to person because that is how people remember you. That is how people share what you do with others because you are always sharing something with them that's adding value. So very, very important. So again, flash over on another line, get somebody on the show live today as we discuss habits. And today we're going to be talking about habit stacking. You're going to learn again how you can use current habits to build new ones. And I'm so, so excited to be even featuring our main theme all of this month during the month of September, uh, which is Uh, you know, habits, the keys to your success, because they truly, truly are. And uh, I think it's time for us to, to stop looking at 
the usual things that we think cause business failure and not to be able to do well in business. And I think it's time to really look at the truth of why sometimes or most of the time we're not seeing results in our business. And of course, it's all about habits. Nothing's going to happen in our business unless we make it happen. We birth the business idea. We are the ones that are the catalyst behind the idea. We're the ones that have to put everything into action. And we are the ones that must be the leaders in our business. And it all starts with our habits. Have you ever heard the uh, expression, uh, a business is only as good as its leader? Well, that is so very, very true. Your business can only be as good as you're willing to grow and enhance yourself and your leadership skills and your ability to make better decisions. And of course, we can't be perfect. We're going to learn as we go, but there must be what I consider really good habits ingrained in you from a business perspective that are going to help push you to that next level. So get ready. And for those of you who have the book, Atomic Habits, I'm going to be reading from Chapter 5, The Best Way to Start a New Habit Today. And uh, I hope that you guys will read along with me. And of course, if you have not gotten the book, Atomic Habits, then it's something that you really need to have. We're going to carry on in the month of October with the same book, Atomic Habits. So make sure you get your copy. Well, ladies, I want to go ahead right now, and I want to pick up with five questions of business leadership. These are five questions that you should be asking yourself as often as necessary so that you push yourself into another level of strategic planning, of deciding what type of leader you want to be in your business. Here's the first question. Have I prepared my mindset for greatness? You guys, you, you know uh, it, it is all about mindset. It is all about what you believe. It is all about your habits. So ask yourself, what beliefs and habits do I need to support my vision and my business goals, what is it that I need to do? You know, uh, am I practicing morning personal development? You know, am I creating affirmations that are customized and personal to myself? Again, keeping in thought with the fact that while we can get motivated and encouraged by a lot of people, it's time for us to tap into and practice our own personal power by creating our own affirmations, right? Here's number two. Are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and my goals? So often we say what we want in business but then realize that the beliefs necessary to push that vision and those goals into action and get them accomplished, the beliefs are just not there or they are not strong enough. They are not practiced enough, right? And so this is a very, very important question because it lays the groundwork, the foundation for everything that you do. Here's number three. What do I want to accomplish by Friday? Again, this is an important question, but it's a question that belongs to a much larger question, which is what do I want to accomplish this year, this quarter, this month? Because it is really looking at a, a more broader view of where you're trying to go uh, in a 12-month period that is going to help you break it down by quarter, by month, by week, and by day, right? And so that's very, very key. But as you look at what it is that needs to be done each Friday, I want you to remember these important things which can never be left out, which are marketing. You've got to have a really good 24-7 automated marketing system that is going even when you are sleeping. And then, of course, you want to set your sales goals. That's so important because uh, you just don't want to say, I want to make between 100000 and 200000 I want you to say specifically how much money you would like to bring into your company, you know, over the next 12 months, six months, or three months. I want you to be very specific with that. And then, of course, you need to be really setting a goal for how many new leads you would like to bring into your business, okay? And that should be, again, perhaps on a monthly basis, I want to bring in this number of leads, okay? And why is that important? Why are these three things important? 
Well, ladies, at the end of the day, if you have no marketing, if you have not established a sales goal and have no sales, if you don't have new leads coming in and out of your business, then guess what? You have no business being in business, okay? And I just want to said it there because sometimes we need to hear things that that are very strong in nature and and we need to understand that we cannot play the game of business um like we we are playing tea party when we were little girls no we have to make sure that these three things are happening marketing is going on your sales is going on and you've got fresh new prospects and leads coming into your business this is what makes a business business, right? And of course, you have no business being in business if those three things aren't going on. So am I telling you to just stop business? No, what I'm telling you is to get real with yourself, girl. Get real because I know that you want to be a successful six and seven figure earner. I know this. And so because of that, you've got to get real with what it is that you want happening in your business. Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business? Well, here are three sub-questions that will help you with that. Ask yourself, am I being an ambassador, right? Am I letting other people know who I am, what am I, what I'm doing? Am I doing Facebook Lives? Am I uh, providing free webinars so that people can see my value, my worth, building credibility? Am I seeking out new collaborations? Am I leading my power team? And of course, I talk about a power team all the time, but it is something that's very vital uh, for everyone who's in business. And so you need to make sure that you have created and assembled a group of professionals who can, at the, at the time of a call, a touch of a button on your phone can help you with a task or a project and get it going. Here's last but not least, number five, am I investing in myself and my business? Well, I just tell you, you know, we've had spurts social workers, psychologists, coaches, teachers, other educators have talked so much about the fact that women in general have the tendency to put everyone in front of themselves, um, but they are not necessarily used to investing in a way that is enhancing and productive, right, for themselves. So, ladies, I want to share three things in business that you have got to get used to investing in, right? First, you've got to invest in you, your health and your wellness. You have got to make a decision and determine, and this is so very, very key, you've got to make a decision and determine what it is that you need health and wellness-wise that's going to keep your energy level up, help you to feel better, and to have that energy, that high level of energy. Because when you're trying to create success, when you're trying to do things that are going to help you to take your business to the next level, you need exceptional energy. You need a level above the energy that you currently have. And so with that said, you've got to be investing in your health and your wellness. Here's the second thing. Ladies, you've got to have a marketing and advertising budget. Um, it's time that we stop trying to capitalize on free and depend so heavily on free things that we are not willing to invest money in ourselves. See, this is where I find oftentimes that we put so much um, belief in money, which is, uh, you know, and not even a tangible thing, but we put so much belief in money that um, we are too scared to spend it. We don't want to spend money, um, but we are wanting to look at all of the free things that we can do to market our business. And while that's admirable, while that's something that you should never stop doing, you also must be willing to sacrifice. You must be willing to go ahead and create a marketing and an advertising budget for your business, right? And then, of course, here's the third thing that I think is so very, very important, you need personal development and you need coaching. I think having a coach 
can help you take yourself to the next level. It can help you to realize uh, where your habits are lacking and what new habits you need to develop. I think it can, it can hold, coaching can hold your hand and walk you along the way, and it's so very, very important. But often more times than none, I find that women have a problem with investing in themselves and, yes, even in their businesses. So it's very, very key to go back to the old expression, what you put in is what you get out right? And so I want to remind you of that. So there you have it, the five questions of business leadership. Ask these questions of yourself as often as you need to in order to make some things happen, right? Okay, I want to go ahead and share something with everyone that's very, very important. This is a very important announcement. Now, I have been hearing buzzes about this for the last six months. I think at the first time I heard about it was in a newsletter I received from the SBA, and, um, but when I would go to specific websites to check on these facts that I'm getting ready to share, I couldn't find anything. Okay, well, now it's all out there, and it's time to go ahead and share it with you. So what am I talking about? What is it that I want to share with you that's vital information? Well, check this out. There are going to be some new rules for payment apps. So I'm talking about those payment apps like Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, um, PayPal, uh, Square. I'm talking about all of the cash apps, Amazon Payments, Google Pay. I'm talking about every single cash app, right? So as I was reading information about it this morning, this is what I found out. So as you know, our sweet government is always trying to find ways to combat us not paying taxes, right? They are always trying to make sure that that American citizens are paying their taxes. And so this newest way is that they're getting ready to come down hard on individuals who are using payment apps. So Starting in January 2022, you need to make sure you understand this. Starting in January 2022, if you are receiving payments via Cash App or any other payment app, if it is more than $600, then you are going to be receiving a 1099K. Okay, again, I repeat. Starting in January of 2022, if you are receiving payments on any app that is a payment app, you are going to be receiving a 1099K if it is more than $600 cumulatively. So I want to make sure I'm clear with you on this, that you are understanding this, because this is this is very, very important. This can get a lot of people in trouble if you don't understand it. So I want to repeat it. Number one, the new tax rule as of January 2022 is that if you are receiving any cash payments and the cumulative amount for the year totals up to $600 or more, then you are going to be receiving a 1099K from that payment app. Okay, so that's the first thing that you need to understand that's getting ready to happen. Now, why is this going on? Well, the first thing you need to know is that this rule is really, to be honest with you, this rule is not new. Really, the law, the tax law says that anybody making in excess over $600 must receive a 1099K from the person that provided the money to them. Okay, so that's basically just a a rule of thumb. It doesn't matter. And here's another thing that's so amazing is that you may not know this, but even if you receive a gift that is not cash dollars, if the gift indeed is valued at more than $600 or more, normally you're supposed to report that value as well because it is considered income, okay? So you need to keep that in mind. Keep those things in mind. Um, why? Because 
IRS is getting ready to come down hard. Now, I'm going to share something with you that sparks this whole thing, and you're not going to believe what actually sparks this. Okay, so what sparked this whole thing is, number one, the IRS has been working with uh, SBA and other other government agencies for quite some time trying to figure out exactly what needs to happen from an internet perspective for us to take advantage and make sure that people are not underreporting their their earnings. What what is it that we can do? And they haven't been able to get a real good grip on it. They really have not. Uh, it's been very, very difficult. Now, the first layer of getting this grip on uh, individuals who use the internet paying taxes is that they came down hard on certain large companies that had a huge internet presence, such as Amazon, such as Microsoft, and other large companies, Google, real large companies. They came down hard on them saying, hey, uh, they made each state aware that, hey, these people aren't paying state taxes, you know, when they buy uh, products on the Internet. And so depending on what state you are and whether or not your state legislature has put tax laws in place for online, you may or may not be paying taxes, right? And so, again, uh, this, is what, this was like the first layer. But what really sparked this particular ruling is the PPP loans uh, due to COVID-19. Now, that's really what sparked this particular thing. Here's why. I don't know how many of you have heard, but so many people have been fraudulently claiming the PPP loans in the small business realm. So many people have been really receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars illegally and fraudulently. And so it's caused the SBA to work with the IRS in coming up with new policies and new rules. So this new tax rule about the payment app, right, uh, having to report a 1099K for anybody receiving cumulatively $600 or more across the year, each year, that's, that's one new rule that you're getting ready to see. But I can guarantee you there are going to be several other rules that are going to be coming across. And so we had all of these fraudulent cases with people, you know, receiving 100000 50000 200000 And personally, I've even heard of people receiving a half million to a million dollars. And many people have been arrested and charged fraudulently, and the investigations continue to go on. So that's really what sparked this new tax rule. But you need to understand this. How? Why is it so important for you to understand it? Because... So many times it's very easy, for example, uh, for a hairstylist to ask somebody, you know, hey, can you cash out me your payment? But that hairstylist may never be reporting all of that cash that's coming into their business. Well, now you're going to have to right? Uh, you may have a small business on the side, right? You may just be, you know, getting your hustle on and selling just a few things on the side and someone has paid you via Zelle or paid you via cash app. Guess what? If it's more than $600 cumulatively, meaning if you had a product that was, uh, you know, $30 and you sold 20 units of of that product for $30 at $600, well, then you have to pay taxes on that, and you're going to be receiving a 1099K. Or let's just say if cousin, cousin Lisa for your birthday sent you $300 via Cash App, and then let's just say someone else sent you another $300, well, guess what? That $600 that you received is still going to be reported to the IRS, and you still have to account for that. Now, it could be that monies that you are receiving may or may not be taxable, uh, but you will have to work with your bookkeeper and you will have to work with your accountant to determine that and figure out how you are going to counteract uh, that with some other deduction. But that's, that's something that you will have to talk with your account, accountant or your bookkeeper or your tax specialist, right? However, you still need to be aware of it. In other words, I'm saying you cannot fly up under the radar with this any longer, and I'm making you aware of it. With that 
said, I'm highly encouraging all of you to start doing better bookkeeping, right? Um, the thing about it is, is that if you're paying more taxes, you're making more money. That's, that's it at the end of the day. But you also need to get smart and savvy with learning the tax laws and working with a tax person that is going to help you have the most deductions that you possibly can have. But there is no need of you um, to to you know, fly up under the radar and say, well, I'm not paying taxes on this because you know the blessing is is that the more money we make, the more taxes we pay. But then of course there are different tax laws that allow you to deduct in certain ways, and you have to just know how they are so that you can hold on to as much of your cash as you possibly can. So I hope this information is helping you guys. I will be um, putting some information out about it on our website at womenaboutbiz.net, but it is important enough for you to know it, and I am giving you more than enough leeway time to really start bookkeeping properly and making sure that you get your finances in order because come January 2022, all monies, that you are receiving through any payment app, you're automatically going to receive a 1099K from those payment apps, and they in turn are going to be reporting it to the IRS. So that's cumulatively $600 or more that you receive over the course of a year will now be reported. So get ready, hold on to your seats, because you're going to see a lot more things coming up. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic. Check this out. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Yeah, that's right. Holiday season is just around the corner. You heard it. It's just around the corner. And guess what? You know, I just went, what store did I go into yesterday? Um, I'm trying to remember. I was out yesterday running some errands, and, I, oh, I know exactly what it was. My husband and I uh, went to um, a restaurant to eat, and this restaurant always has, like, these unique little uh, whatnots and cute things for sale, but they had the whole restaurant decorated in Christmas decoration. And then I turned around, and I went to Hobby Lobby, and guess what? The whole store was decorated in Christmas decoration. It's like they're skipping um, Halloween, right? But then I went into another uh, store, and I noticed they had Christmas decoration up. And then the grocery store had cleared like three aisles getting ready for Christmas. And I thought, oh, my goodness, they are really, really really pushing Christmas really hard, uh, getting ready to push it hard this year. And I would imagine that's because the, the stores and everyone last year, if you remember, we were under such quarantine that we didn't really get a chance to celebrate the holidays like we wanted to, right? This year, I think people are going to go nuts. I think um, the holiday is going to be celebrated in a major way. And I think there's going to be even a lot of Spending. Experts are predicting that we will see double the amount of monies that were spent last year. So get ready. So what does that mean for you, though? Because, you know, I mentioned this uh, often in July. I talked about it back in August. But now it's really time for you to get really serious about the holiday season and to figure out how you are going to present your holiday campaign and what you're going to do um, and, and decide on for all of the specials. So I want to try to prepare you all for this. So I want to just take the time right now to just kind of, uh, again, go over five ways to get started with your holiday marketing. Why is that? Well, because I think no matter what business you have, I think that there is a way for you to incorporate uh, and take advantage of the holiday season. People are, their hearts are softened more. People are spending money more. Um, people are looking for unique gift items or things to do during the holiday season, things that they can take advantage of. And don't forget, uh, right after 
uh, Black Friday, which is the first Friday after Thanksgiving, right? The Friday after Thanksgiving. Black Friday really marks the beginning of the holiday shopping, but then there's a lot of pre-holiday things that's going on. Now I'm seeing uh, emails already coming in to me that saying pre-Black Friday shopping. I'm, I'm seeing people really getting started early. So uh, there is no time like now, and I mean there is no time like now to really get going right, with your holiday campaign planning. Now, with that said, here are five ways to get started with that, with your holiday marketing. So the first thing that you have to do is you've got to really select your star product or service, your flagship product or service that you're going to be promoting. Now, if, if you have not if you're not going to be selecting that from things that you already have, then this week you've got to really have quite a bit of planning time to figure out what star product or service that will be, right? Like while you might have to have a sale on multiple products, like it's not just going to be that one product. While people may come to your website and see multiple things, you always want to have one thing that's your flagship. And with that particular product, it's so important that you have everything prepared. So you're going to want to have, so even if it's a service, you're going to still want to have some good digital images of your product. And um, if you'll be featuring a service, work with your graphic designer to create two or three different digital image representations of your service, right? Both types of images should have a holiday background or theme incorporated, whether it's a product or a service. The second thing, of the five ways to get started with your holiday marketing is that you have to prepare your marketing campaign. Now, ladies, while it's so important to consider different marketing venues, it will be just as important to know the most effective way you are reaching your customers and clients now. So here's the thing. Remember, 80% of your sales should come from 20% of your current customer or client list because they know you. They already have an established relationship with you. And so what that is going to mean is loyalty and a following um, can be built quickly. Now, because we're living in this digital world, online purchasing is going to be at an all-time high. It continues to be. As a matter of fact, from my understanding, it's almost like a 70-30 ratio right now. 70% of all expenses expenditures are being done online. So you should consider how you will market via email, mobile texting, and social media platforms, even with internet advertising like Google AdWords or LinkedIn or Facebook just to attract your prospects, okay? Now keep in mind there's no need to have a separate campaign for each, right? You just need to know how you will incorporate the one campaign using those different platforms. And of course, one of the most effective ways to get started with planning your strategy is to ask yourself this question. From the time someone sees my social media post, my sales image, my advertisement, or website, what should happen until the sale is closed, right? So you kind of have to walk yourself through these phases because this means that you should create what's called a sales funnel that directs each person to your desired results. And of course, most sales funnels can be automated. This is the key to using the power of automation, okay? And then here's number three. Use the power of video. Now, I really, really want to encourage you to use the power of video. Um, if you have a product, then you can have your own QVC-like show right there on Facebook Live. You know, you can um, even create pre-recorded webinars and push them out on not only Facebook, but Instagram, TikTok, okay? So there's a lot of things that you can do, okay? Today, video truly is queen of the digital world, and all of the social media platforms give priority to it because guess what? This, you know is your videos, and they're going to be seen by a lot of different people, and also more people watch video than more than anything else online. So when they are shared, it can create a viral effect that catches on and really spreads your message quickly. So it's important to make sure you have a link right to your page, okay? Very, very key. And don't forget, keywords are so important. I'm going to be doing a holiday marketing, and I'm going to 
have a couple of guests, a holiday marketing webinar coming up soon. I'm going to be updating some things on that, so pay attention to your emails and your texts. But here's something that you need to know about keywords and keyword phrases. First of all, um, I think it's going to be key that if you do a video on your product or your service, that you really need to make sure that you also upload it to YouTube and that you put specific keywords that people will most often search for in Google, because this gives you the opportunity to have an edge, a competitive edge, over others who most of the time don't do that, okay? Um, Also, here's number four, plan holiday social events. Now, yes, we are still in quarantine, but now more and more people are having their um, vaccines, uh, they're getting vaccinated, um, you know, and so you can have different rules going on. You may decide to give a smaller event um, or, you know, for like 30 to 50 people, and you may space things out. The biggest thing you need to know is that you need to always let them know, hey, if you have not been vaccinated, you, you know, and uh, if you uh, and you will be your temperature will be checked, but if you haven't been vaccinated, you can't come. And so, again, I've been to many things where um, they have been asking for the vaccination card. And so this is something that you're going to have to get used to. OK, and last but not least, set up Black Friday text messages ahead of time. As a matter of fact, all of your emails, everything needs to be set up ahead of time. This is, again, where automation really comes in at. But you've got to plan for it now. You've got to start working on it now. Now, Black Friday is considered the biggest sale day of the year for most retailers. Most people, you know, are out with family and friends shopping and enjoying festivities. So your email won't necessarily reach them on this day. However, your text message will. Consider creating a mobile marketing campaign where you'll give deep discounts on not only your star product service, but also other products or services throughout the day. You may even want to place a time limit on how long the deep discount is going to be held, maybe one or two hours. Remember, you don't need to flood your customer's text message. The goal is to spread out three to four text messages throughout the day. It's important that you have your product sales page up. Now, for those of you who are very proactive in mind, keep this keep this thought present. I think it's uh, possible to even beat the messages and stuff that people are going to be receiving on the stores in like one week to two weeks ahead of time. Identify a day even before Thanksgiving that you are going to have a huge sale on a particular product. Call it your pre-Thanksgiving sale, right? And you know, have prizes and different things, make it make it exciting. Have a lead page or a page on your website that's just dedicated to the pre-Thanksgiving sale and have special things going on all day, uh, prizes that people can win. If they make a purchase, their name will be tossed into the prize bag. Do a lot of things that get people very, very excited about participating in your pre-Thanksgiving sale and get a, uh, you know, get a lead on um, um, on top of all of the other stores who uh, won't open up special um, pricing and stuff until Black Friday, right? And so this is very, very important as well. So there you have it. You have five ways to get started with your holiday marketing campaign. And again, I want to remind you that I have this that even if you just have a holiday marketing campaign targeting current customers or past customers and clients, it's still a good thing to do. And so, you know, now is the time, though. Don't don't wait until a week before Thanksgiving um, or even wait a couple of weeks from now and start planning. Go ahead and do it now. Please get this get this campaign started. Uh, If you need help with it, I'm always available to provide some coaching and some consultation to you. As a matter of fact, if you have not scheduled a Power Talk coaching session with me yet, you get one free one every year, go ahead and do so now. And we can talk about possible ways to market your business during the holiday season. To schedule your Power Talk, simply go to womenaboutbiz.net. Again, womenaboutbiz.net. And then all you need to do is just scroll down 
midway on the front page, and you'll see the um, information there about scheduling a power talk, or even then, you can go to coaching in the top red menu bar, just click on that link, and the coaching page has free coaching session just for you right there as well. All the same, the Power Talk is offered to you free at no cost, the first one, um, and I don't know anyone that I haven't poured into 150% or more. You know, so again, I want you guys to get going with your holiday campaign. Coming up, coming up, uh, we are going to be talking about the power of habit, habit stacking. Again, the power of habit stacking. And it's just so very, very important uh, that we that we look at this particular uh, method and technique. So I'm going to go ahead at this time, um, because this chapter really is given to um, habit stacking and intentional habit building. I want to go ahead and read to you from chapter five of Atomic Habits the best way to start a new habit. So the author, James Clear, says, in 2001, researchers in Great Britain began working with 248 people to build better exercise habit over the course of two weeks. The subjects were divided into three groups. The first group was the control group. They were simply asked to track how often they exercise. The second group was the motivation group. They were asked not only to track their workouts, but also to read some material on the benefits of exercise. The researchers also explained to the group how exercise could reduce the risk of coronary heart disease and improve heart health. Finally, there was the third group. These subjects received the same presentation as the second group, which ensured that they had equal levels of motivation. However, they were also asked to formulate a plan for when and where they would exercise over the following week. Specifically, each member of the third group completed the following sentence. During the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on blank day at blank time in blank place. Now, in the first group and the second group, 35 to 38% of the people exercised at least once per week. Interestingly, the motivation presentation given to the second group seemed to have no meaningful impact on behavior. But 91% of the third group exercised at least once per week more than double the normal rate. The sentence they filled out is what researchers refer to as implementation intention, which is a plan you make beforehand about when and where to act. That is how you intend to implement a particular habit. Now, you guys be taking notes on this because this is key. I want to go back and I want to read something that they paid attention to. Again, the author says that in the first and second groups, 35 to 38% of the people exercise at least once a week. And he says, interestingly enough, the presentation given to the second group seemed to have no meaningful impact on their behavior. But 91% of the third group exercised at least once per week, and they more than doubled the normal rate of the first group. The sentence they filled out, and this is the key, they, they did something beforehand. He says, the sentence they filled out is what researchers refer to as implementation intention, which is a plan you make beforehand about when and where to act. That is how you intend to implement a particular habit. The cues that can trigger a habit come in a wide range of forms. The feel of your phone buzzing in your pocket the smell of chocolate chip cookies, the sound of ambulance sirens, but the two most common cues are time and location. Implementation intentions leverage both of these cues, okay? Broadly speaking, the format of creating an implementation intention is when situation X arises, I will perform response Y. Hundreds of studies have shown that implementation intentions are effective for sticking to our goals, whether it's writing down the exact time and date of when you will get a flu shot or recording the time of your colonoscopy appointment, they increase the odds that people will stick with habits like recycling, studying, going to sleep early, and stopping smoking. 
Researchers have even found that voter turnout increases when people are forced to create implementation intentions by answering questions like, what route are you taking to the polling station? At what time are you planning to go? What bus will get you there? Other successful programs have prompted citizens to make a clear plan to send taxes in on time or provide directions on when and where to pay late traffic bills. The punchline is clear. People who make a specific plan for when and where they will perform a new habit are more likely to follow through. Too many people try to change their habits with those basic details without those basic details figured out. We tell ourselves, I'm going to eat healthier or I'm going to write more, but we never say when and where these habits are going to happen. We leave it up to chance and hope that we will just remember to do it or feel motivated at the right time. An implementation intention sweeps away foggy notions like I want to work out more, or I want to be more productive, or I should vote, and transforms them into a concrete plan of action. Many people think they lack motivation when what they really lack is indeed clarity. It is not always obvious when and where to take action. Some people spend their entire lives waiting for the time to be right to make an improvement. Once an implementation intention has been set, you have to wait for inspiration to strike. Do I write a chapter today or not? Do I meditate this morning or at lunch? When the moment of action occurs, there is no need to make a decision. Simply follow your predetermined plan. The simple way to apply this strategy to your habits is to fill out this sentence. I will blank at blank time in blank location. Again, I will blank at blank time in blank location. Fill in the blanks, right? What behavior will occur? And then what time will you do it? And at what location? Okay. He gives some examples here, ladies, that are very interesting. He says meditation, for example. I will meditate for one minute at 7 a.m. in my kitchen. Here's an example for studying. I will study Spanish for 20 minutes at 6 p.m. in my bedroom. Here's another example of implementation intention. Exercise. I will exercise for one hour at 5 p.m. in my local gym. Here's another. Marriage. I will make my partner a cup of tea at 8 a.m. in the kitchen. Okay, if you aren't sure when to start your habit, try the first day of the week, month, or year. People are more likely to take action at those times because hope is usually higher. If we have hope, we have reason to take action. A fresh start feels motivating. He says there is another benefit to implementation intentions. Being specific about what you want and how you will achieve it helps you say no to things that derail progress distract your attention, and pull you off course. We often say yes to little requests because we are not clear enough about what we need to be doing instead. When your dreams are vague, it's easy to rationalize little exceptions all day long and never get around to the specific things you need to do to succeed. Give your habits a time and a space to live in the world you live in. The goal is to make the time and location so obvious that with enough repetition, you get an urge to do the right thing at the right time, even if you can't say why. As the writer Jason's wig noted, obviously, you're never going to just work out without conscious thought. But like a dog salivating at a bell, maybe you start to get antsy around the time of the day you normally work out. There are many ways to use implementation intentions in your life and work. My favorite approach is one I learned from Stanford professor B.J. Fogg, and it's a strategy I refer to as habit stacking. So, ladies, I'm getting ready to share with you habit stacking, and I have been using the process of habit stacking now for a couple of years, and, oh, my gosh, it really, really worked. So here's the information you need to know about habit stacking. He says the French philosopher Dennis 
Derdo lived nearly his entire life in poverty, but that all changed one day in 1765. Now, keep in mind, this is a story that he's somehow kind of correlating to share with you what habit stacking is. He says Derdo's daughter was about to be married, and he could not afford to pay for the wedding. Despite his lack of wealth, Derdo was well known for his role as the co-founder and writer of Encyclopedia one of the most comprehensive encyclopedias of all time. When Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia, heard of Dardot's financial troubles, her heart went out to him. She was a book lover and greatly enjoyed his encyclopedia. She offered to buy his personal library for a thousand pounds, which which is basically about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars today. Suddenly, you know, Dardot had money to spare. With his new wealth, he not only paid for the wedding himself, but also acquired a scarlet robe. Derdo's scarlet robe was so beautiful, in fact, that he immediately noticed how out of place it seemed when surrounded by his more common possessions. So he wrote that there was no more coordination, no more unity, no more beauty between his elegant robe and the rest of his stuff. Soon he felt the urge to upgrade his possessions. He replaced his rug with one from Damascus. He decorated his home with expensive sculptures. He bought a mirror to place above the mantle and a better kitchen table. He tossed aside his old straw chair for a leather one. Like falling dominoes, one purchase led to the next. His behavior is not uncommon. In fact, the tendency for one purchase to lead to another has a name, the Derdo the effect. Okay, it states that obtaining a new possession often creates a spiral of consumption that leads to additional purchases. You can spot this pattern everywhere. You buy a dress and have to get new shoes and earrings to match. You buy a couch and suddenly question the layout of your entire living room. You buy a toy for your child and soon find yourself purchasing all of the accessories to go with the toy. It's a chain reaction of purchases. Many human behaviors follow this cycle. You often decide what to do next based on what you have just finished doing. Going to the bathroom leads to washing and drying your hands, which reminds you that you need to put the dirty towels in the laundry. So you add laundry detergent to the shopping list and so on. No behavior happens in isolation, he says. Each action becomes a cue that triggers the next behavior. So the author says, why is this important? He says, when it comes to building new habits, you can use the connectedness of behavior to your advantage. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit you already do each day and then stack your new behavior on top. This is called habit stacking. Habit stacking is a special form of implementation intention. Rather than pairing your new habit with a particular time and location, you pair it with a current habit. Again, this method was created by B.J. Fogg as part of his program called Tiny Habits and can be used to design an obvious cue for nearly any habit. So the author gives some examples of habit stacking. And so here are some examples that he says. He says, for meditation, you could say, after I pour my coffee each morning, I will meditate one minute. For exercise, after I take off my work shoes, I will immediately change into my workout clothes. For gratitude, after I sit down to dinner, I will say one thing I'm grateful for that happened today. For marriage, after I get into bed at night, I will give my partner a kiss. And for safety, after I put on my running shoes, I will text a friend or family member where I am running and how long it will take. He says the key is to tie your desired behavior into something that you already do each day. Once you have mastered this basic structure, you can begin to create larger stacks by chaining small habits together. This allows you to take advantage of the natural momentum that comes from one behavior leading into the next, a positive version of the and I, I, I don't want to keep messing his name up, but I believe it's pronounced Diderot, 
okay, of the the Diderot effect. And so, again, habit stacking can be very, very powerful. For example, your morning routine habit stack might look like this. After I pour my morning cup of coffee, I will meditate for 60 seconds. After I meditate for 60 seconds, I will write my to-do list for the day. After I write my to-do list for the day, I will immediately begin my first task. You guys see how the power of uh, habit stacking can occur. So there's there what the, the difference with habit stacking is that number one, you're stacking um on top of an older habit that you might do. So you're using the strength of a habit that is already being repeated that you normally don't even think about. You just do it. You're using the power of that existing habit to stack on something new that you don't do but would like to develop uh, a consistent habit with, okay? He says, here's another habit stacking that you can use in the evening. After I finish eating dinner, I will put my plate directly into the dishwasher. Or after I put my dishes away, I will immediately wipe down the corner, the counter. Or after I wipe down the counter, I will set out my coffee mug for tomorrow morning. He says, you can, you can basically insert any new behavior into the middle of your current routine. For example, you may already have a morning routine that looks like wake up, make my bed, take a shower, or let's say you want to develop the habit of reading more each night. You can expand your habit stack and try something like wake up, make my bed, place a book on my pillow, take a shower. It's making sure that things that you have already done that are positive habits, that you're able to stack on top of those habits. That's what's important. For habits that are negative habits, what you want to do is that if there's a negative habit that you want to eliminate, I believe that you can use power stacking by stacking a better habit on top of that negative habit that seems to keep getting repeated, right? So that you can just stack it down and eliminate it altogether. Okay, so this is a really, um, I think it's a really good technique that you can use and leverage your old, your, you know, old habits and habits that you're currently having. I think that you can leverage them by stacking new habits on top of them, which is so very, very important. So what I wanted to do is I just came up with just a few uh, business habits that I think um, is a good example of habit stacking. Here's one. After I pour my coffee each morning, I will reflect on my business goals for the week right? So it's kind of like if you drink coffee or if you drink any beverage in the morning, you could say after I eat breakfast in the morning, if you eat breakfast. So whatever you do in the morning that seems to be a habit, you can stack it with, I will reflect on my business goals for the week because it's so important to reflect on your business goals. Constantly having your business goals and knowing what you want to have done by Friday, it constantly pushes you to to um, accomplish tasks that are uh, supporting that and enhancing that. Here's another one. When I first sit down at my desk each day, I will clear my desk and put away anything that distracts me. You know, experts have proven that we get distracted when there are a lot of things laying around us. We tend tend to pick those things up and start going off into a whole other world of looking at what's laying around us. So you really need to be working in a clean, clear area with only the things that you need to be working on present and in front of you. So again, when you first sit down at your desk, you can say, when I first sit down at my desk each day, I will clear my desk and put away anything that distracts me. Here's another one. After I check my email each morning, I will follow up or call three leads, prospects, or current clients. So it becomes a consistent thing that you automatically are going to call three leads, prospects, or you're going to, if you don't have any leads or prospects to call, you're going to call current clients or past clients that you have worked with, even if it's just to say hello and how you're doing, thought about you, just want to give you a call. Okay. And then here's another one. After I eat dinner each evening, I will review my business tasks for the following day and ensure it supports my goals for the week. Again, you can create a lot of different um, habits by stacking them on top of things that you're already doing and consistently repeating them so that they catch on and become a habit right with the current habits that have already been built within you. And this is called habit stacking, right? And I think that's so very, very important. 
So one of the first things that I think you need to do as we, you know, are looking at now closing out our topic of habit, the keys to your success this month in September, I think you really need to schedule time for yourself uh, where you can just really sit down and make a, a list of your goals. What is it that I would like to see happen for the rest of this year, that from now through the end of December, whatever those business goals are, I want you to also list some habits that will support those particular goals, right? And then take a look at current habits that you have that you can actually stack those habits on top of them to help you stay consistent and Well, that's all I have for today. Don't forget, ladies, that the holiday season is upon us. Go ahead and start planning for the holiday season. And oh, by the way, if you would like to definitely read the article about holiday campaigns and and, um, the five ways to get started, make sure you visit womenaboutbiz.net and click on blog in the top white menu bar and you will see the article that was written about um, creating your own holiday campaign right there in the blog layout. It's been such a joy to be with you today and I am praying for you to have an abundance and a productive week. Let's build better habits. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.